0: boys, and girls, children of all ages, it's time! Hello, welcome back to my two cents podcast. Hosted by G2, I am G2, and this is episode 41, which is entitled, Who Would Have Thought? Now, before I get into the topics, let me list off my National Food Days of the Week. Today, September 26th, is Key Lime Pie Day. Tomorrow, September 27th, is Chocolate Milk Day. September the 28th will be Drink a Beer Day and also Strawberry Cream Pie Day. September the 29th is Coffee Day and also Mocha Day. September 30th. Mold Cider Day, October first, Pumpkin Spice Day, and also World Vegetarian Day, and also October the second, World Farms Animals Day. I don't know what that means, but they do with that what you will. The first thing I wanted to say is, how's y'all week? My week was fine. Um, I was able to test drive an app that is. In its final uh, development stages and whenever it is finally released to the public, I will give you the app name. I don't want to jinx anything else because I want I'm not sure if I'm legally able to say it or to. Um, I don't know if it's I don't want to jinx the app and then it pop out and it doesn't work so well. Then I get a lot of people saying, well, you recommended the app da da da." I don't need that type of stuff on to be kicked back to me. So right now just want to say is in this beta st- stages and they're getting this final kinks uh figured out. But once the app is fully and I get the email that is ready to go live and all that good stuff. I will let you guys know where you can get the app at and all this type of things. And I'll let you know what the app is. But I will say this so far, what I've seen on the app is that I've been able to learn certain things and I've been also able to listen to. Certain things as well, and made me think about think about things to make my life better. But anyway, it's just an app that you can basically have a conversation with individuals. But that's all the information I can technically give you. But once that app is fully available, and uh, get the email that everything's ready to go, I'll let you guys know what it is. But um, yeah, I've been testing out and listening on that app. But um, I'm still learning some German words. I haven't uh, mastered those words yet, but I'll tell you this. Next week, I'll be able to give you some more uh me learning those German words. How about that? Um, but without further ado, let me get into my topics. And the first two topics I will be getting into are heavy topics. It's real heavy. I want to just state that out right now. And when I give you my personal opinions on these things... Just know I'm not coming out of hate, I'm not coming out of spitefulness, I'm just coming out of me being a thoughtful person, and I can see, for one topic, I can see both sides of a situation, and on the other topic, I just want to have a nice, good talk with America itself. But with this first topic, it's about the disappearance and the uh, body being found of uh, vlogger Gabby Petito. I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name, but in long story short, she was a white female who was found uh, dead after she was on a road trip with her boyfriend, who is now the prime suspect of her homicide. And right now, their that boyfriend's on the on the run because right now they can't seem to find where he's at. And I don't know what to say about that at all. I just know that with everything happening so far, and we all let me just stop right now because I want to say this with so much class and so much dignity to the families that have lost their children, no matter what race, no matter what uh gender, all that good stuff, or anybody that's lost a mother, father grandparent, uncle, whatever the case may be, that's been either kidnapped or they ran out of the house or whatever the case may be, a missing person. I feel that if you have a missing person, I think that your local officials, your local precinct, I mean, people around the community should have a Response, not even say responsibility, but have some type of compassion towards you to say, yo, let's see if we can help them out. And if we hear about something, we'll try to put these people in the right places to help out this family as a missing person. With this Gabby situation, the news picked up on it when she was reported disappearing on September the 11th, but technically they really picked up on it like last week when... You had ABC, CBS, and NBC picking up on the news. I didn't know about it until I looked at it on Yahoo and Twitter started blowing up everything. And I was like, oh, okay, they have a missing girl. And I always thought that, okay, maybe she'll come up uh, unscathed. She'll probably have some bruises maybe, but she'll come back living and breathing. And then whenever this following week it was reported that she, that the coroner or some type of police officer Whatever the case may be, found a body and then they identified it as Gabby. It was very disheartening because it's always crazy to see somebody so young and they haven't even hit their prime, haven't even hit their peak yet to have passed away. Because you always think about, oh my God, this person has so much potential. What could they have done to probably change their life? What could they have done to change somebody else's life? What could they have just done? Just basically the future was their oyster. The world was their oyster. They could do everything of what they dreamed about. Right now, this is era. Everybody wants to be on uh, their television, film, uh, any type of entertainment, or you either want to be now with this era, this crop of people, you want to be the next thought provoker, you want to be the next world leader. You want to be the next politician. You want to keep yourself educated up because now you have kids that are 18 and up of this new crop that are book smart. And I mean, really, really book smart. They know about politicians. They know the politicians, uh, what they're running on. They know their politics. They know the dirty underhanding deals that I personally didn't care about. And I'm saying this as a 25-year-old, and people might say, Jerry, you're 25, you're not that far apart. Listen, there's a difference of ideology of which I grew up with in these 18-year-olds now grew up with. At my time, 25-year-old, you got to think about, rewind back 1996, I'm four now in 2000 computers are just becoming the actual thing thing. People might say, Gerald, computers... No, no, no. You guys got to understand. Computers were just becoming like, okay, almost every household had one. My half family had a computer in it, like the big bulky ones with the big old bulky monitor, and everybody knows when you turn it on you hit a little eh, type of deal. I grew up with the internet. My family grew up... Well, my brothers grew up with the internet along with me. We grew up hand-in-hand hand with the internet, we grew up with tw- MySpace, we grew up with uh, Facebook whenever that first came out, we grew up with Twitter when that came out, I mean, things were out here that I grew up with, Apple cell phones, I grew up with, I technically didn't grow up with that, I was like a teenager whenever the first Apple iPhone came out, so again, technology and myself and my ideology have grew up in the same thing, and it was making it hard for us to gain a lot of information because information like that wasn't thrown out on the internet. While now, with this new crop of kids, they're having all the information thrown at them. They are challenging authority. They're challenging uh, the standard, and they're trying to make sure everybody understands that, hey, yo, what you guys did in the past was wrong, was wrong, and here's how we, the new... Crop are going to fix what you guys did in the past to make sure that the people behind us that are growing, that are going, that are smaller and looking at us are going to be living a well-balanced, better life than what we had to and what you guys had to. So I just also wanted to state that out there. But Gabby had her life all ahead of her, and now that she is passed from this homicide, it's always going to be the what if. What if she never met this dude? What if she, whatever the case may be, it's just all going to be a what if. One, I hope this Brian guy is found. One, let me just make that perfectly clear. I hope this Brian guy is found so people could question him and actually ask, okay, what truly happened? What happened whenever you, the last time you saw Gabby? Did you and her have a big fight? Did you drive away? What You got to give the family something because you were the last person there. You're the last person with her. Everybody's going to vouch and say you were truly the last person with her. So as the last person being with somebody that is now found dead, you got to expect all the questions and all the thunder and rain and whatever you want to call it to fall upon your head because you were literally the last person to be with her. But again, I'm hoping that this Brian guy does get found so he can so people can question him and he can give them the answers Even though the families might not like the answers that this Brian guy is going to say, I want the truth to come out so people, so that Gabby's family can, it's never going to be a soothing rest, but for Gabby's family to have some type of rest and even some little bit of peace to know, okay, this is what happened and da-da-da-da-da. I want to now switch it over to something that has been talked about from Since this whole Gabby thing has happened, not even happened, since the middle of it has happened, I want to talk about how race plays a part in somebody being a missing suspect. But before I do that, I'm going to let a comedian that has passed away, but he was a great mind, able to better explain what I'm talking about before I even talk about it. He's going to set it up so you guys can understand exactly what it is. And the comedian that I'm talking about is Patrice O'Neal, and this is coming from his comedy special, Elephant in the Room. And without further ado, here's Patrice O'Neal. You know how you can tell how pretty a white woman is? The value? You look at her, and then you wonder how long they would look for if she was missing. You know the deal. I ain't saying nothing wrong. White woman's life is valuable. What's his name, Yoren uh, Vandersloot? Right? We find out he was a serial killer. Man, he kills women. That's what he do, he do it well. You know what I mean? We know the girl that he, that he you know, supposedly had, uh, what's the girl in Aruba? Natalie Holloway, right? But the one, he just killed the girl in Peru. What's her name? Um, Exactly. Now, for people who don't know who Natalie Holloway was, I didn't know neither, but I had to do some searching of it, but I've heard of her name. Um, and with this, is what I found out, she was an 18 year old American woman whose mysterious disappearance made international news after she vanished on May 30th, 2005, near the end of her high school graduation trip to Aruba in the Caribbean. Holloway was scheduled to fly home from the Caribbean island on May 30th, 2005, but failed to appear for her flight. Her classmates last saw her outside of Carlos and Charlie's, a restaurant and nightclub, and I have no idea how to say that location's name, but it's somewhere in the Caribbean. She was in a car with local residents, Jordan Van Vandersloot. there it is, Vandersloot, and the brothers Diekopf and Sasha Kolip, I believe that's how they said the name. Anyway, point being is this, these were the last three that happened to see Natalie Holloway and she has not been found to this day. And my understanding is she was a big a big name that the news covered. Me, in 2005, I was, what, nine years old, haven't even hit 10 yet, so the news wasn't even my thing. But everybody right now was able to remember exactly Natalie Halloway's name because the news and everybody else has was able to keep on hit her name, hit her name, and hit her name so much. And when I looked at the photo of Natalie Halloway, I was like, okay, I see why the news focused on her. I talked about something a couple episodes ago a couple months ago i talked about how america has this fascination with white women that have blonde hair and blue eyes when you go to natalie halloway's wikipedia page you will see a white woman gorgeous face with blonde hair not blue eyes but you can tell that she has the two out of the three she has a good looking face Blonde hair, she doesn't have the blue eyes. If she had the blue eyes, by God, top 10 on America's beauty chart list, guarantee you. But America has that fascination with that image of a white woman. It is what it is. People are going to say, Gerald, you're bugging. I want you to really think about it and look at the past of how many women of America were up there in grand standard because they had blonde hair and blue eyes. Think about that. Seriously. If they didn't have blue eyes, look how their hair was blonde. And then look at their face, how the hair matched the face. Just tell me if you think I'm wrong on this. Seriously. Because I'm willing to hear the conversation, not the conversation, but the debate from this. Because you can tell me, Joe, here's this person, that person. But look at America's history of their top, like, women that they hold on high pedestals and tell me they didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes. That's just another thing for that. But getting to the point here, Gabby, when you look at her, she was a young 22-year-old. cute. People keep on saying she was a cute-looking girl, blonde hair. I mean, she fit the American idol. Well, not the American idol, but the America dream image of a white woman. Point being, she gets all this national headline news because white woman syndrome, Uh. I didn't know what white woman syndrome is. I always said, well, because she's white. I always do that. But apparently they have a term for it. It's called white woman syndrome. And I don't like that because that's a whole lot of problematic stuff right there by saying it, white woman syndrome. We can just say the media has a selected choice. And we all know what that selected choice is. We can all say it. A white woman with blonde hair, blue eyes. A white woman with blonde hair, we could just say that and they'll be fine. Just calling it white woman's syndrome, that's, 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 that's bad. I'm just going to be blunt with you. But again, we know about Natalie Holloway. We know about Gabby, right? And then, and you hear in Patrice's second question is, talking about Jordan Vandersloot, the second woman that he killed, and then he waited a couple seconds and he snapped his finger and he says, exactly, nobody, everybody laughed because People all understood that nobody in that room knew who she was, who he was talking about. But I got the woman's name, and her name was Stephanie Flores. And this was whenever he, uh, she went missing, well, the murder of her, in Peru in 2010. Exactly five years to the day after Holloway went missing while on high school graduation to the Caribbean Islands. And this is coming from History.com. As it reads that uh, on the day Vandersloot was arrested in South America United States authorities issued a warrant for his arrest in connection with a plot to extort $250,000 from Halloway's family in exchange for revealing the locations of her remains sick guy Holloway was last seen leaving a bar and restaurant with Jordan Vandersloot and two of his friends in near in the early hours of May 30th 2005 and going back to the Stephanie uh Flores case on June 3rd of 2010, Vandersloot was arrested in Chile and deported to Peru soon afterward. On June 7th, the Dutchman admitted to the Peruvian authorities he had killed Flores during an argument after she used his computer without permission. Authorities suggested she might have discovered he was linked to the Holloway case. Vandersloot stated he beat and strangled Flores, then suffocated her with his shirt. The Dutchman later retracted this Confession saying he was frightened and confessed well and confused when he made it. How do you make up a story saying that you beat up somebody and you strangled her with your T-shirt? Again, I'm not in their predicament. I'm just looking at it as an outsider. That just seems like a real nutty thing to say. Oh, I made that up. Nah, there's some type of truth into that type of statement right there. But getting to my point here. Flores, who was a native, well, somebody the minorities, nobody seemed to care about her name. Nobody seemed to remember her name. And that's the whole main point. The media themselves have to start paying attention to these missing people. And it brings me to something that I looked at today, and this is coming from CNN, and they did a whole thing about black families being upset about. Um, officers or even media with the lack of response to the cases of their missing individuals. As it reads, David Robinson has been in Arizona for the last three months searching for his 24 year old son, Daniel Robinson, who went missing after leaving a worse site in the desert in his Jeep Renegade on June 23rd. Robinson, who lives in South Carolina, hired an independent investigator and assembled a volunteer search team when he says he felt the police weren't making progress in the investigation. He also says he failed to get the amount of media coverage he believed the case needed. The case was reported by local media as early as July 9th. Robinson says he sympathizes with the family of Gabby Palinto, whose remains were recovered Sunday after she disappeared while exploring parks in Wyoming, promoting a highly publicized search. Still, Robinson said it's hurtful to see a young white woman's case met with some urgency, met with more urgency and national attention than his son who is black. You wish you lived in a world where everything was equal, but it's really not equal, Robinson told CNN. Robinson is among the black and brown families whose loved ones remains missing, and they say have struggled to get their fair attention on these cases. Some say they have grown frustrated with watching the search for missing white women like Planta be in the spotlight while police appear to allow their cases to go cold or classify their loved ones as a runaway. See, right there. This is what I'm talking about right here. I understand the... I understand what this Mr. Robinson was saying because I've been saying this for a minute. Every time a missing person will come up, every time a missing person... A person of color will come up, in a short little span of time. I'll be like, okay, we only going to see them for a little bit. And then, wham, going. Matter of fact, when I was in high school, entering high school, there was a girl that went missing all summer. And I mean, that was hitting up my local news so much. And I believe it even hit ABC and national news. I believe her name was Brittany Drexel, I believe. I believe, hold on, let me check on that one second. After just looking over just to make sure I was right, and this is coming back from me pausing this, yeah, I was right, it was Brittany Drexel, and this happened in uh, April of two, 2009, and she was 17 at the time whenever she disappeared. But all throughout that 2009 period, you had people just constantly saying Brittany Drexel's name and trying to figure out where she disappeared to and all this type of things. And when you look at Brittany Drexel, again, blue eyes. She had no blonde hair. I mean, she was brunette, but cute in the face, and she was 17. So yet again, two out of the three. Cute face, blue eyes, no blonde hair, though. Gay and sticking to my point here, the news has a list of what they want marked down whenever they want to actually say, okay, we're going to pay attention to this person being missing. Are they young? Check. Do they have a pretty face? Check. Do they have blue eyes? Okay, they don't have blue eyes, but what about blonde hair? They have blonde hair? Check. We can run it and see what's up. Young? Check. Good looking? Check. Blue eyes? Yes. Blonde hair? No. Okay. Two, three out of four? Check. You get what I'm getting at here? The news has a checklist that they have to check off to see. Okay, let's see if that is worth us actually paying attention to. While Robinson, who's a black man, who I can say as a heterosexual guy, he wasn't that bad looking of a dude. He should have got national coverage off rip, but because he's a black man. Nope. You get the same thing with black women and everybody else of of other ethnicities besides Caucasian. And again, this is not me being a rant on Caucasian individuals and how they're bad and all that type of stuff. No, this isn't that. This is me just basically saying that I can see where Mr. Robinson is coming from because I've thought this for a real long time. However, this is where I think we as a nation need to have a legit sit-down. One, we need to change the idea of who is important and who's not important whenever somebody is being determined, okay, okay, Do we need to have the media really look into this and the police officers really look into this? We need to stop that. We need to, whatever somebody is classified as, hey, yo, they went missing, everybody needs to start pulling in. Billboards need to be pulled up. Uh, The National News, CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox, all you news publications or propaganda publications or even CNN, whatever you want to call it yourselves here, you guys need to put up whenever a missing person is missing. You guys can't be have selective memory. And people might say, "Well, Joe, that's going to be a whole news broadcast cuz everybody goes missing every single day." You guys need to look at the ones that have been gone for so long. Be like, All right, this one's been gone for so long. So you guys need to have a legit segment. Take out some of the fluff pieces. And people might say, "Joe, you can't take out fluff pieces because" That makes the news at least drown out some of the hard heavy news that we've been constantly pounding into your skull. Yes. Well, then, okay, since you don't want to take out the fluff pieces, how about this? How about instead of a lot of world news, because American individuals live in America, even though they have family in other countries, they can't really do much about that. How about we focus that onto people that are missing in our country? We can start taking off a little bit of the world news because you don't need to be focused so much on the world news because not a lot of people care about America like that. It's a fact. They got their own problems in their own country. Just a sidebar here. Just want to throw that out there. We can put some of that time that we will always focus on world news. We can still give them a little bit of world news, but you after that, you can switch it over to, okay, here's people that's missing in this area da-da-da-da-da, da da That's what we could do, all right? So we can get the whole idea of we have a checklist. You can abandon that whole idea out of here. We can kick that to the curb. And now, secondly, here's one that I want people to really, really think about this. Let's switch this around. If a black person's person was missing and they got all this national news just like Gabby's did, and then a white person came up and said on a post or whatever that my person has been missing for so long, and I understand that they're giving this publicity to a black family, but what about my kid? Social media would have be been eating that white person up. I'm just calling call a spade a spade here. But people will eat them up because of the history that we have in our country of media and everything else not paying attention to black individuals when they're going missing. My top... I already told you my whole deal with the, that one. We can switch that. I want to have the conversation is, when is it okay to say, yo, my person has been going longer than yours, and why haven't we gotten that type of benefits, that type of media coverage, that type of like spotlight on our person? See, that's my whole thing. We, in this situation, Gabby, she lost her life She went missing, and her boyfriend's still out on the run. Another person that's a black individual, Mr. Robinson's son, he's been gone longer than Gabby. He had a volunteer search team helping him search for his son because police officers didn't care that much from his own words. How do we allow this to say, Ayo, I feel sad for the Gabby family, but my son's been out here longer than hers. And she hasn't had not even an iota, iota of what Gabby's family got on her. See, that would make me think, think about a lot of things. Like, okay, why did he pick now? As that, you can't do that. Two rights don't, two wrongs don't make a right. That's at least what they've been telling us throughout our whole lifetime. When is it the appropriate time to actually compare? Whenever your person is missing to somebody else. When is it? I don't know. Me and my idea. Because this is my two cents on this. I believe that. Whenever you compare somebody is. After the whole situation has been done. Once. You guys have found out. The person is either alive and well. Or. Missing for a good couple months. Or. Or they found, their body, found the person's body just like they did, what they did with Gabby over here, then I believe you could come out and say, hey, I feel sorry for the family. I want to get that out of the way. Make that your first introduction of it all before you have to hit them across the face with the hard information and hard truths. Because if you start with the hard truths and then you start, then after you say, but I still feel sorry for the Gabby family, you are doing a disservice to yourself because people are going to focus So much on you hitting it with the hard truth first that they're not going to pay attention to you giving your condolences to such and such family after that. You got to start with love first. You got to start with, hey, I want to give condolences to the family. And I know how you guys feel and then transition it over to your person being missing for so long and talk about how the media didn't cover your family like that. And you wish they would have. That's how you gotta do this for anybody to take you seriously. That's just my opinion on it. That's how I would do it. Everybody got a different way to do it, but that's just me. And if you think I'm wrong on this, again, about, Joe, you know, no, we don't pay attention. We There's people... We... It's the truth. Why people get a lot of national coverage over somebody of theirs being missing? and other people of color don't. Okay? See now, because this is coming, because what I'm about to read to you is coming from WGN-TV. It is a Chicago news uh, website. And the title reads, Gabby Polinto's case renews call to spotlight missing people of color. As it reads, in the three months since 62-year-old Navajo rug weaver Ella Biggie vanished or B. Gay, sorry, Ella B. Gay, vanished. The haunting, unanswered questions sometimes threatens to overwhelm her niece. Sapphire Warren has organized searches of the vast Navajo Nation landscape near her aunt's home in Arizona, but is running out of money to pay for gas and food for the volunteers. Why is it taking so long? Why aren't our prayers being answered, she asks. B. Gay is one of the... Thousands of indigenous women who have disappeared throughout the U.S., some receive no public attention at all, a disparity that extends to many other people of color. The disappearance of Gabby Palinto, a white 22-year-old woman who went missing in Wyoming last month during a cross-country tour with her boyfriend, has drawn a frenzy of coverage on national, well, on traditional and social media, bringing a new attention to a phenom known as Missing White Woman Syndrome. And we're going back with that again, and da 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 da. You get the drift here. We are all seeing the exact same thing. We're all keeping getting preached the exact same thing. White woman syndrome is a real deal. White woman syndrome is a real thing. And right here, I've got a chart that I'm about to read off to you from CNN, and they title it, "Black and Native Americans Make Up a disproportion Disproportionate." share of active missing persons cases. The FBI National Crime Information Center's list of active missing persons showed almost 90,000 active missing persons cases at the end of 2020. Of those cases, Black and Native American people made up a larger share of missing persons than their total of U.S. population. As it shows, white people makes up of a share of 2020 active missing person cases, 54%, which is 48,714 people, and their share of themselves in the US population is 76%. Black people, we are 31%, and that is 28,203 of active missing persons cases of 2020, and for us living in America, 13%. Native Americans, 2% missing. 1,496 people in share of the U.S. population 1%. That tells you that black people goes, black people have been missing at a big rate while we're only 13% of America's like share margin in this whole pie of race. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. Same thing with Native Americans. They only are 1%, but somehow 2% are missing. How does that make math but a do with that what you will? We need to all band together and really show the whole world that Ayo, this isn't right. We understand that you want to give your public attention to your checklist that you got. We need to change that and make everything affordable, make everything equal on the exact same playing field. My person's missing, give them the national attention and have people keep searching for them. So another person's missing of another ethnicity, whether it be Caucasian, Hispanic, Chinese, whatever the case may be, you got to give them all the exact same equal amount of national coverage because at the end of the day, quote unquote, we are all human beings, no matter the race, no matter the ethnicity, no matter the gender or sexuality. We are all equal. That's the whole premise of us living on this earth. We're all equal individuals. We're all the same. We just start putting ourselves in these bubbles in these categories that start separating ourselves. And then that's when we get these problems. But when you boil it all down, and when you strip it all away, we are all individuals that will all have to do two things before we are out of this lifetime. One, we will be birthed, and two, we will die. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You can be a rich person all you want. And we've seen this throughout this whole COVID time. Rich people dying, dropping like flies guess what? At the end of the day, when you stripped it all away from them, they were a human being. You're a poor person. Guess what? You strip it all away from them. Poor, don't have no thing. Guess what? You're still a human being at the end of the day. We are all human beings. Everybody has to be on the exact same equal playing field, whether it be going out for the same job or getting a car or trying something else, or whatever the case may be. But especially whenever somebody that you love has gone missing. The national news, need to focus that up and open up, or matter of fact, just destroy that checklist that they have to have and just say, you know what, if a missing person needs our help, we're going to shine a light on them, and that's what we're going to do. And I hope I gave enough respect on both sides of the coin. I'm hoping I did. If I didn't, I'm sorry, but that is my two cents on this whole Gabby Uh, disappearance thing and also the whole thing of the media not paying attention to minorities being uh, disappearing, but the media not paying attention to them. I'm hoping I did justice in that. I really do. And if I didn't, I truly apologize. But that's all I got to say for this topic. And I'm about to be on to my next topic. My next topic is really about the ugly photos that we saw earlier this week of Haitian immigrants coming across America and they were chased down by Border Patrol agents on horsebacks using whips, but they don't really say whips. They try to say it's like something they used for, like, to either hurry up a horse and make them run or whatever the case may be, but it looked like a whip and it looks like in the photo, the guy was about to hit the immigrant with it. Now, Let me just talk to America about this right now. America, how do we allow this to happen? When I first saw the photo, right, I was sitting at my library waiting for um, time to pass, and I just started saying, let me look up some topics because I haven't watched the news yet. Let me just look up some topics. Why not? And I saw that, and the first thing that struck me was, we still have horses around here? We still have police officers using horses? That was weird to me. And the second thing that I did see was the whip, and I saw how he was, the whip was looked like he was in action whenever that photo was taken. It's weird how we treat other people whenever they try to come across to America. Now, I understand, and let me just state this, because I always got to state and make a preference, because it's not that I don't care for people who don't like me. I just want my point to get across, and if you have a problem with my point, we can civilize, we can be a civil human being in civil society and we could talk about it. But I'm not trying to have somebody come at me reckless and saying you did a dummy job, you didn't cover this right or blah blah. blah. No, you hit me with miss you hit me with the information that I missed and we could talk about it. I always want to start with respect. So I want to say this. When I saw this, I was Disgusted, and when I looked more into it again, I was disgusted. These are people from another country that have had disasters after disasters keep hitting their land and they're trying to make a better way for themselves. Remember, America our tagline is the American dream. We have heard testimonials from other people out of other countries coming to America to make their American dream. Come here and be themselves, be free. You don't have to live under a rule of tyranny. You don't have to live under this person's set of rules. In America, we're more lenient on the rules than you would be in another said country. So when people want to get a piece of that American pie and come over here and at least get to bite on it and enjoy those freedoms that us as American civilians, we have, but we really take it for granted until we go to another country. We will look at those immigrants as why are they here? They need to go back to their country. Some of us will. And some of us will say, they need to come over here. They, We know that their place is crappy. They need to get over here. See, I'm trying to understand this. We don't want these Haitian immigrants to come into America to make a better life for themselves. But we are allowing Afghanistan immigrants to come over after we left Afghanistan. We took five figures of Afghanistan immigrants. From over in Afghanistan, over to America, and now they will, I don't know, have they pass some type of test so they can stay in America or whatever the case may be. I don't know those type of things because those are above my pay grade. As a matter of fact, that's above me at this specific time right now. We will allow that to happen, right? But we won't allow the Haitian immigrants who have had disasters over in their home country to come over here and try to make a better way for themselves. How do we say yes to one, but no to the other? Is it because America didn't be, wasn't in Haitian business like that as the way they were in Afghanistan? Seriously, think about this. You will hear on the news so much about American soldiers uh, having to come back from Afghanistan are being shipped back over to the Middle East. That was always a presidential uh, topic every single election. One candidate will always say, I want to pull my troops out of the war. Another one will always say, well, they will have to counter that and say, well, we can try to do something. We can try to do better. We can probably start slowly bringing them out, but we're not going to bring them all the way out. And then it will constantly be the exact same debate. Every single time it was time for presidential season. It's just weird to me. Well, it's not really weird to me. I'm easily piecing, piecing the puzzles together. We had something to do in Afghanistan. Nine Eleven, we all understand that. We went over there because of that. And we did a whole lot of other things than our prime key objective. In Haiti... I haven't heard a lot about American officials or American government or American military personnel being in Haiti. Now, again, I could be wrong about this. I'm just telling you what I have seen and what I have heard. I haven't heard nothing about American officials being over in Haiti. I have heard nothing about American uh, militants being over there. I haven't because it hasn't popped up on our big national uh, news store, uh, news channels, the ABCs, the CBS, the CNN, the NBCs, the Fox, and all these other social media websites or apps where I and the people below me will be getting their information from, like a Twitter or even sometimes even a Facebook. But also, in these two categories, you can't read everything and think it's uh reality and think it's true. You can't do that. But even then, I still haven't heard anything about American officials having to deal with Haiti. So, when I saw this photo, and I started to really think about how we can allow Afghanistan immigrants to come over from Afghan to over here in America, why can't we do that with Haiti people? And my answer, the only thing I've ever come up with is that America had nothing to do with Haiti, while America had a lot to do with with Afghanistan, and this is kind of like America's little, little, little olive branch over into the Afghanistan, Middle Eastern individuals to say, hey, come over here, we'll help you. But do the Middle Eastern people that are coming over here actually know what they're preparing to sign themselves up for? Do they know what type of danger they're setting themselves up for? Because even though, yes, it has been 20 years since 9-11, And people have begun to change more than they did in those 20 years. We're not going to constantly say, oh, that's a person from the Middle East. Do you know who such and such is, a.k.a. like a terrorist leader, or do they belong to a terrorist company? We're not going to see a lot of that here now. Yes, you'll still see some jackrabbits still do that, but right now, you're going to get a whole lot of people trying to just make fun try to not make fun, but make friends and try to learn from other people's experience and all these other righteous things now in this time that we live in. But that bad experience that somebody will be able to be able to grasp whenever somebody says something foul to them. My example would be an immigrant comes over here. He works as a gas station attendant or she might work as a gas station attendant, whatever you want to call it. And a person comes in with a stank, nasty attitude, and they can't get what they want. They're going to constantly berate the new employee who happens to be an immigrant. That immigrant is going to look at that person and say, wow, this is how Americans are. They're going to get a perception of who we are because of one bad person's experience, one bad person's treatment towards them. And that's not fair they're going to think that, okay, all Americans are out to get us because of this bad experience. And that is farther from the truth. I believe that, yes, you're going to have some bad apples in the bunches whenever you start picking apples. You got to throw those apples away that are not good for you. You can't keep them around because if you keep things around for you that are not good for you, best believe you're going to end up dying from that. And for my idea is, I think that people that are coming from other countries over into America, that will know they're going to get ridiculed. I think that they know this, but they don't know to what type of extent. When 9-11 happened, you heard a whole lot of people get at Middle Eastern families, because they thought that they did it, they had a relative that did it, or they allowed their inner race races just run wild because of fear and also racism and their deep, deep need to just be racist at that moment. So, going back, because I'm talking too much, going back to me seeing the photo of the Haitian guy being beat up by a person on a horse and like a whip-looking instrument, how does the administration allow that to happen? When you are the president, I get you're just a figurehead. Literally, you're the figurehead of America. You're there to go to other countries and sit with their figurehead, even though in other countries, certain figureheads actually do have some power. And I mean like legitimate power. Unlike in certain times and places in America, whenever a president can't really just like decide to bomb up a country just out of the blue. They have to actually go through a chain of guys before he actually can bomb up or do something wrong. That's just what it is. So this is going to be awkward whenever Biden comes out to say something. Biden needs to come out and say something about that incident. You can't allow the House Speaker to come out and say something. You are the President of the United States. You are are that guy. You are the one. You need to come out and say something towards the people that put you in that seat where you're in right now. Because the people that put you in that seat right now, some of them aren't happy with the images that are being portrayed of America right now. They're not. And I want to put Democrats and Republicans and all that garbage aside. When you look at an American on a horse, at a whip, attacking a Haitian immigrant or a Haitian Im- uh, human being that's just trying to come over to America to make a better life for themselves, do you, as a American s- human being, say, nah, you can't come over here, or do you want to try to help bring them over? You got to remember, again, after America got t- taken over by the Brits, their, aunts, their future generations would soon forget and forget and forget about the English coming over here and taking over Native Americans land. matter of fact, the Americans land they will forget about that and they will always say, you know what my family has worked hard for whatever we got and da 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 da. No, you can't say that at all because your family's ancestors didn't work hard. they just did just destroyed. It took whatever they wanted. They didn't work hard at all for anything, fam. So, this is going to be really, really interesting whenever Biden comes out to say that, hey, yo, we got the images, we got the footage, this will never happen again, da-da-da. That should have happened in the press uh, press conference when the speaker was out. That should have happened. It should have never, ever had been uh, situation where the press secretary comes out and say, we saw the video. We need more context to it. How do you need more context to a Haitian immigrant or Haitian human being getting attacked by a Border Patrol agent on horseback with a whip? It makes no sense. What more information do you need from that? It's an immigrant trying to evade from their former past to get into the future. They're trying to get into America. And then we have a Border Patrol agent who was racing after them. And in the photo shot, it looked like the whip or whatever they had in their hand was about to hit said human being that's trying to get over into America. You know what your job is whenever you become a Border Patrol agent. You're going to be dealing with immigrants daily because they are fleeing away from their past, to join America and start a new future. That's all it is. Again, America is the greatest country with the greatest tagline, the American dream. When people think of the American dream, they have their all they have their own ideas of what it is. And everybody's idea of what their American dream is, their own because again, everybody's their own individual human being here. But whenever you try to damage somebody else from trying to come over here and establishing the American dream, that's when we got a problem. I think that whenever you see an immigrant bypass, I believe, okay, cool. They want to come into America. Fine. There needs to be a course for these Border Patrol agents for whenever they see a immigrant trying to pass over into America. There should be a situation where they can grab them and not really grab them like mentally, like not mentally, but like strongly like oist them up and grab them and like throw them back away no 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 there should be a class where the immigrants are being taught about American life here's what you need to know for the American civilization test that you need to take before you get into America you need to learn this 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 so you can be an American so with this all this happening I believe the Haitians should be able to come into America They just got to take a test and that's going to be easier said than done because people don't like to work on the easy things. They like to make things complicated. This isn't complicated at all. Let the immigrants in, safety patrol officers, don't give them such a hard time. And I understand people gonna say, Joe, you're just letting the floodgates open to every and any other person that wants to come over. You guys did that. My retort would be, you guys... Uncle Sam, your past timers, your ancestors were the ones that coined the phrase, American Dream, you guys can come over here and try to make all your dreams come true. And in that sense, I said try. So guess what you do with the try is? You gotta put your best foot forward first for the try. So, you have to let them at least try, and if they don't, if it doesn't work for them, hey, you can say, hey, I tried to give them it, it's just not working for you. That's all I'm saying is, you got to get the person to try. You got to get the person their space in their whole thing is so they can at least try to become an American citizen. You can't just start trying to chuck them back over. That's never going to work in any type of work environment ever. So, I just want to get that off my chest. Biden, you should have came out and said something about this way earlier. Don't ever have a White House secretary, press secretary say something. This should be a you thing. You're the president. Come out and say something about it. You owe the people that put you in office, you owe them that. Because I guarantee you, they're, seeing that, they weren't happy with you being in office and not saying something about that. They're, I can guarantee you right now they weren't. But again, hey, that's just my two cents on that one for that. But... This is whole this whole thing was just heartbreaking. It truly was. These are just people that's just trying to make a new way for themselves. You got to give them that. You got to give them that grace period. You got to give them that chance to try to make a new way for themselves. They deserve that just like every other person on this planet deserves the opportunity to make a good like good home for themselves. So America, please tell your local politicians, your people that are above you in political, uh, world, let them in. Let the immigrants in. Give them a chance to be in America. You gotta got to give them that chance. You got to give them in. Because I guarantee you, they're all just trying to come here to make a good, better way for themselves than they did in whatever country that they came in from. You got to do that because if you're doing that with the Afghans that are coming over here after the Taliban took back over their land. You got to give the Haitian people a chance because after so many disasters, you got to let them come in and try to show them this. You got to let them come in. That's just the shortest way I can say it. You got to let these people come in and Biden, you got to say something about this. You got to denounce this and you got to say, well, with my new plan of action, we're going to let immigrants come in or something like that. You got to do that. That's at least one way that I can see that Biden will be able to actually fix this. But with that, that is my uh, end of that topic right there. And I want to get on to another topic, and it's talking about uh, Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin has filed a notice that he will appeal his conviction and sentence for the murder of George Floyd, arguing that the judge in his case abused his discretion and made multiple errors during the trial. In his appeal, Chauvin plans to raise 14 separate issues, including Judge Peter Cahill's decision to deny Chauvin's request to move the trial out of Minneapolis because of the intense pretrial publicity. Uh, in the court filings, Chauvin argued that the judge improperly denied requests to grant him a new trial, sequestered the jury during trial, and disqualify clearly biased potential jurors during jury selection. He also said the judge erred in permitting prosecutors to add a third-degree murder charge shortly before trial and in concluding that the man who had been with Floyd on the day of his arrest could not be forced to testify. Chauvin separately filed a request to put his appeal on hold until Minneapolis Supreme Court reviews an earlier decision to deny him a public defender to represent him in his his appeal. In an affidavit, Chauvin said he has no income aside from nominal prison wages and no assists other than to retirement accounts. The Minneapolis Peace and Police Officers Association, which fund his defense, stopped paying for his legal representative, representation after his conviction and sentencing. The state attorneys generals, which prosecuted Chauvin, did not immediately respond to a request for comment. So Derek Chauvin's trying to... Well, I'm not... Yeah, I'm gonna say He tried to find a weasel's way out to not serve any jail time in there. And like every other one, just like the other one in the other uh, trial, God, the one that uh, killed the guy who was just in his home, just eating ice cream. Amber Geiger, there it is. In the Amber Geiger situation, she killed... Uh, him and he was just in his underwear, not in underwear, but is in his own home eating ice cream, just chilling. And she thought that she was in her house. Anyway, she's trying to appeal, appeal her case for her murder, for her guilty charges. I mean, come on, dogs. Y'all are on video. Well, at least in Chauvin's case, he is. And you, Amber Geiger, come on, dog. You were straight up just, you did something that was stupid. You shot off without trying to yell out or look. At even the home to make sure that you were in your home for the, of that apartment building, but Chauvin, come on, dog! All right, you want to do this, let's do it. Let's play that game. You go ahead and try to get a uh, whatever you're trying to get. I'm gonna be here watching everything, and if they allow this to happen, I'm going to say, "Wow, that was a big hoodwink job," because you cannot allow somebody like Derek Chauvin that is on camera, doing what he is doing, walk away skate free. I can't see it. I won't see it. And if it happens, I guarantee you, Derek Chauvin isn't, won't probably be living that long. And that's just me speculating. Is not saying that, oh my God, you're going to go out there and kill him. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that somebody's going go out there and kill him. Karma has a way of coming back at people whenever they least expect it. And whenever Derek Chauvin... And his mind thinks he might win this. That's whenever karma is probably going to come back and bite him strong, or either in the dairy air or wherever is going to get him. That's all I got to say about this whole thing. Derek Chauvin, let's see what type of magic you could try to pull out of your uh, butt. And to the last and final topic of this episode, it's about CNN's own Chris Cuomo. Cuomo was uh, accused of sexually harassing former boss at 2005 party. As it reads, Chris Cuomo, host of CNN's Cuomo Primetime, has been accused of sexual harassment. Shelley Rose, a veteran TV journalist and former executive producer at ABC and CBS, made the claim in a New York Times guest essay. She said, Chris, who came under fire recently for advertising, well, advising, For his brother, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, during his sexual uh, harassment scandal, grabbed her buttocks at a 2005 party and sent an email after to apologize. Now that I think of it, I am ashamed was the subject line of the email which was resurfaced and appeared in the story. Rose wrote that it was sent one hour after Chris sexually harassed me at a going away party for... An ABC colleague. At the time, I was the executive producer of an ABC entertainment special, but I was Mr. Cuomo's executive producer at Primetime Live just before that. I was at the party with my husband, who sat behind me on an ottoman sipping his Diet Coke as I spoke with work friends. When Mr. Cuomo entered the Upper West Side Bar, he walked towards me and greeted me with a strong beer hug while lowering one hand, to firmly grab and squeeze the cheek of my buttock. She recalled him saying as he groped her, I can do this now, that you're no longer my boss, noting it was said with a kind of cocky arrogance. No, you can't, I said, pushing him off of me at the chest while stepping back, revealing my husband, who had seen the entire episode at close range. We quickly left. The apology emailed arrived an hour later with the reference to Christian Slater, who had been recently arrested for grabbing a woman's buttocks on a NBC, NYU, no, not NYU, New York City street. Charges against Slater were later dropped. Though my heart greetings were a fraction of being glad to see you, Christian Slater got arrested for a kind of similar act. Though born of an alleged negative intent, unlike my own, and as a husband, I can empathize with not liking to see my wife padded as such. Wrote Chris, who married wife Christine in two thousand one. So pass along my apology to your very good husband, and I, noble no, and I apologize to you as well for ever putting you in such a position. Next time, I will remember the lesson no matter how happy I am to see you. Ross said she viewed Chris's emo as less of an apology, as an attempt to provide himself with legal and moral coverage to evade accountability. However, she also made it clear that she never thought that Mr. Cromwell's behavior was sexual in nature. Whether he understood it at the time or not, his form of sexual harassment was a Hostile act meant to diminish and belittle his female former boss in front of the staff. Chris provided his own comment, telling the N.Y.T. New York Times, "As Shelley acknowledges, our interaction was not sexual in nature. It happened 16 years ago, in a public setting where I was, where she was a top executive at ABC. I I apologized to her then, and I meant it." Rose said, as a female in the TV news industry, she spent 40 years fighting sexual harassment in the workplace and experienced it firsthand. She also recalled in 1981, disgraced network executive Roger Ailes insisted to me that we have a sexual alliance or my pending job offer at NBC's Tomorrow Show will be withdrawal. She called her attorney. Ailes apologized. See, this is all just basically what I'm getting and now what I'm reading it is that Chris was a nasty dude at this party. And that was in what? That was in 2005. So that was 16 years ago. This is what I'm talking about. We got nasty individuals. And I mean nasty people in positions of power. Chris, you did that and you apologized, but... An apology goes with, hey, man, I am sorry for doing this," and da 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 da. You had to go and type a eloquent, stylistic way of almost half, butt apologizing for grabbing somebody on their butt. Come on, dog. You should just straight up be raw. Listen, I'm sorry for grabbing you on your butt. I felt that you felt some type of way, and then da 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 da. You should just straight up just tell them, "Hey, I felt I grabbed your butt. It made you inappropriate." It made you feel uncomfortable. I'm sorry about doing that. Da-da-da-da. And especially since they're at a party, Chris was probably intoxicated. So I'm not throwing him any type of alley so he can dunk it and say, well, I was intoxicated. No, 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 guy. This still doesn't make you any type of better because you still emailed her. You can email her after the fact. You can email her the next day to make sure she got the email to let her know that Hey, you really mean it, and then you can wait some time and then you can email again and say, Hey, I'm just still sorry, it's still weighing on me for me doing what I did to you. I just want to say I'm sorry again. So people will understand this is not just for publicity if you really mean it. When you really apologize like that and you really apologize to someone, they can feel okay, that was genuine, or eh, that was garbage. He doesn't feel that. So again, this is weird. Because we know about Andrew. And now the brother's getting it. Chris. I don't know if there's any type of big game playing along. Where Chris is now supposed to be leaving CNN. I don't know if that's the case or not. And I'm not saying Chris Cuomo is leaving CNN. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there might be an opportunity. In the way. For. Somebody that doesn't look like. Doesn't look like Chris. Can get the job. Somebody that will play ball with CNN and look the way that CNN wants them to look. But hey, I haven't watched much of Chris Cuomo in a minute, so I wouldn't know how he is now handling everything since his whole brother situation on national television. So, again, I don't know how to feel. not going to say how to feel. I know that Chris was a nasty guy back in that time, but he probably grew and learned not to do that again. I'm hoping so. So, I will be giving you guys more uh, updates on both the Chauvin case. I will be giving you both I will be giving you more updates on this whole promo uh, situation with Chris, and I'm hoping that Chris is, becomes a better person. I hope that he has become a better person since that incident. And yes, you're still going to get reprimanded and chastised for that 16 years later. But you still did the incident. You still were the first domino dropping, and now you just gotta f- face the repercussions now. So that has been the topic for my two cents podcast, presented by uh, G two and G two being me. But before I get you guys out of here, let me give you my social media links. On Twitter, you can find me at at my two podcast. On Instagram, you can find me at my two cents podcast G two, and for if you just want to email me anything, whether it be you want to talk to me about anything, you want to tell me how I was wrong in certain instances, you want to tell me how, Gerald, you missed a couple of uh, important details about a story, or you want to just email me and tell me how you are personally feeling. Because again, there's been uh people that are not able to talk to other individuals out here in this world and they think that they're alone. I'm here as a open wall or a book for you to write in, whatever type of analogy that you want to use. I'm here so you guys can talk. I'm here if you guys would just want to talk to me about anything, or you just want me to be a wall for you just to spew all your guts out and just keep that between me and you that I'm here to do that and where you can do that as on my email and my email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com again it's my two cents pod at yahoo.com and I say this because I don't want people to be transitioning out of here until it's time time for you to go as you go of a natural cause or some type of thing not like a voluntary uh transition that you did this towards yourself okay um, you can find me on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, Amazon Music, and Audible. I believe that's all my uh, things where you can listen to my past episodes and future episodes. And tomorrow, you'll be if you listen to Professional Wrestling, I will be giving you my review of WWE's Extreme Rules. And if you haven't listened to me talk about past uh, this past week's episodes of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, and Impact Wrestling, I talked about that on my Saturday episode of Wrestling Highlights of the Week, so you can check that out as well. But all that being said, I love you all. I want you always to remember, I love you, I love you, I love you. And with that again you already heard it saying i love you but i want you to just hear it out my mouth again i love you this is not a thing just to be like oh he says this no this is me literally saying i love you because you guys are all listening to this you guys have put this either on in the background music or whatever you guys are still able to hear me so i'm hoping that you guys took something out of this i really do but if you guys uh didn't i just thank you for just playing it for the stream so again i love you all i thank you all i want you guys to have a blessed sunday i want you guys to have a great uh week as well i want you guys to do amazing things or just have a great week in general and this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from this sweet voice again whether it be on a monday where you hear from my wrestling review a saturday where you hear from my uh Um, wrestling highlights of the whole entire week or next Sunday where you hear from me when I talk about anything in the news or something that I personally just want to talk about but until then this has been my two cents podcast presented by G2 I have been G2 again I love you all and I thank you for everything you guys have done for me and this podcast and with that Kanye, can you please send them out? I'm tired. You're tired. Uh-huh. Jesus, wept.